Good morning. It's so good to see each and every one of you this Ascension Sunday. The Coffee Kids in Life Sunday School class will resume next Sunday at 10 o'clock in the Education Building. Whether you're looking for a much needed adult conversation break with like-minded caring parents or would benefit from a genuine listening ear or a sounding board or if you would simply like to come and enjoy sharing your life experiences with your kids, come check it out. The scripture reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise dispenses knowledge but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises a parent's instruction, but the one who heeds admonition is prudent. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the minds of fools. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, we've gathered in this place today to worship you and to give you thanks. We praise you for your great love for us. May we always be thankful. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our understanding as your word is proclaimed and help us to always know that you are with us. Guide us that we may seek you in spirit and in truth. Teach us to be holy, for you are holy. Remind us often to keep awake, for we know not the day or the hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'd like to invite the children to come straight on forward today. Hi, guys. How's your week going? Good. Is it a good week this week? Yeah? Why is it a good week? Because? What, what is tomorrow? Monday. Monday? Do you guys have to go to school tomorrow? Nope. No. So it's a great week, right? And school's, like, almost done. It's, like, done dumb. It was done last week, and they, for some reason they just make you come back this week, right? I don't know why. That's kind of silly, isn't it? Yep. <gasps> what a beautiful picture. There's three days. Three days. That's not a full week. I think you owe them to. No? Well, today we are in church. We are honoring Memorial Day. Memorial Day is the day in our calendar that our nation honors and recognizes those who have given their life in service in the military. 
And Memorial Day is actually a fairly old holiday. It started back right after the Civil War as Decoration Day. And it's sort of grown over time from its original purpose. But there are some people who still celebrate it its original way, day, way. Excuse me. There are some people who still go to national cemeteries and to graves of fallen soldiers and military members, and they decorate the graves to bring honor and respect to them. They clean up the graveyards to make sure that they look well-kept and taken care of, to make sure the families of those members who have fallen know that their sacrifices were appreciated. It's a day that should be a day that's quiet in our lives. It's a day that should be a day that's focusing on being thankful, just like Thanksgiving is, right? But being thankful for a very different thing in our lives. But today in the United States, I wouldn't quite say that Memorial Day still holds that same value, does it? On Memorial Day, we often see um, beaches filled and picnics happening and mad crazy sales at stores and people elbowing each other to get the best discount, right? It's no longer focused on that original purpose. But for the people who recognize the holiday for what it is, for the people who have lost somebody in military service, it can be a very difficult day. If you've got a loved one who gave their life in the line of duty to keep us free, it's a hard holiday to get through, right? Nobody likes to deal with loss. Nobody likes to deal with saying goodbye to somebody or not getting to say goodbye, which is a lot harder sometimes. Those are difficult things. And each year when we're looking at holidays like Memorial Day, we need to recognize that there are a lot of people sitting right here in this room that maybe have said goodbye to somebody in their family in service. They've said goodbye to somebody that they loved and cared about because that person decided that they needed to protect our right to sit here today and to worship the way we want to worship, to pray to the God that we know is true. That's a big deal, guys. Memorial Day can bring up a lot of hard questions for people. I know in my life, I had a friend who lost his struggle to PTSD while in service to the Marine Corps. And, well, this is a bad story to tell. <laughs> Every Memorial Day, it brings up questions like, what if? What if somebody had been there? What if he had picked up the phone and called somebody? What if... The police had shown up just in time. And it brings up the I wish, right? I wish I had gotten to say more. I wish we had one last conversation. I wish he was still here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And I know there's a lot of people here today who can understand those feelings and those thoughts. And if we're watching TV shows on Memorial Day, they put a lot of emphasis on last words, right? The last words of a character. Those last final things that somebody says, and it's always cool, right? It's always cool or it always makes a point. But in reality, those last words, sometimes you can't even remember them. See, I lost touch with my friend. We were good friends in high school. And then he went into the Marines and I got married and we didn't talk every day anymore. So when I learned about his death, I couldn't remember the last thing I said to him. It wasn't like Hollywood told me it was going to be. Sometimes people's last words can bring comfort. Sometimes they can bring pain. Sometimes the last thing you get to say to a person is an argument. And when that person is gone, that's what you focus on, right? And we hold these last words like there's something, 
I don't know, like a, a special thing to us, right? Like we should always focus on that. And sometimes when we're focused on those last words, we forget about the legacy that that person left us. The legacy that they lived for, right? And so when we're going through life, I want you guys to think about some really important last words. All right? Because these are last words that we can hold on to. These are last words that match the legacy of the person who spoke them. Today is not just Memorial Day weekend. Today is Ascension Sunday in the church. And I was reading through scripture this week, and I found Jesus' last words recorded in Matthew. Do you guys know what those are? Do you know what the last thing Jesus said that was written down in the book of Matthew? He said, and remember, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus' last words are Hollywood last words, aren't they? They are words that we can hold on and we can cling to because they follow the life that he gave to, or he showed us, right? They follow the legacy that he gave to us. Every promise Jesus ever made to us, we can rely on and we can focus on. And we know will come true. So when we're feeling down and we're feeling sad, when there's days like today where we're struggling, even if it's not a holiday, even if you're not thinking about somebody you lost, we can think about Jesus' promises to us that he will be with us always. Because he loves us, every single one of us, he made that promise to us. He made that promise to every single person who has walked this earth and loved him, right? And we know, we know that when it's our time for our last words, we will get to meet him face to face. We will get to meet him face to face and we will get to be with those other people that we're missing and we're waiting for. And Jesus will take care of us all. We're going to go into spark worship, and we're going to learn about the ascension story. We're going to learn about what Jesus said to his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. But I want you guys, as you go out your, throughout your day tomorrow, I want you guys to think about what it means to live in a place where you can say whatever you want to say. What it means to live in a place where you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can dress however you want to dress. You can grow up to be anything you want to be boys and girls, because that's not the case everywhere in the world. It's not. And we are incredibly blessed and lucky to live in this country. And we have a lot of men and women to thank for that right. Tomorrow, we're going to honor and respect those who have given their lives for us to do that. All right? Let's say a prayer before we go to spark worship. Fold our hands, bow our heads, close our eyes, and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your love and comfort. Your promise is Help us to remember that you are with us always. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's sit out the side for spark worship. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see each and every one of you on this beautiful Ascension Sunday, you know. Praise the Lord. This is one of those days they didn't prepare you for in seminary. So it goes, you know. All of life is a learning experience. I want to start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with remembering those who have died in Uvalde on Tuesday. You know, you all just saw Ruby down here. Ruby's 10 years old. Ruby's in fourth grade, right? Eliana Garcia, nine. 
Tesmata, 10. Uzziah Garcia, 8. Xavier Lopez, 10. Hila Silguero, 10. Amory Garza, 10. JC Livanos, 10. Eliana Torres, 10. Matty Rodriguez, 10. Nevea Bravo, 10. McKenna Elrod, 10. Alethea Ramirez, 10. Jackie Cazares, 10. Annabelle Rodriguez, 10. Miranda Mathis, 11. Layla Salazar, 11. Jose Flores, Jr., 10. Rogelio Torres, 10. Alexandria Rubio, 10. Eva Morales, 44. Irma Garcia, 48. Salvador Ramos, 18. Lord, we, we lift up these before you and their families. We pray for comfort and peace. Oh, Lord, we pray. And then I just wanted to read something that McKenna Elrod's sister said, which I think is a pretty good prayer. All I ask is that you hug your loved ones tonight and tell them you love them. You never know when you won't have the chance to anymore. Candace Elrod. Lord, we pray. I also want to lift up the families of my shipmates that we're celebrating today in this service as well, who lost their lives while I was in the service. Oh, Lord, we pray. Other rainbows and or rattlesnakes. I'd like to remember two of my classmates from pilot training, Mary Wortham, Graduated from A&M in 65, shot down in Laos. The other one is Lance Saijon, graduated from the Air Force Academy, was killed in Hanoi, and is a Congressional Medal of Honor winner. Oh, Lord, we pray.
remembering Mary and Ernest in London while they're in quarantine, and also Monty this morning. Right. We want to lift them all up. Oh, Lord, we pray. On a much brighter note, the men's walk for Emmaus takes, uh, convenes on Thursday, and that's a very exciting thing. We do have some representatives from our very own congregation going, and I'm very happy about that. So let's lift them up and keep them in prayer. Absolutely. So we're going to lift up the men's Emmaus walk this coming weekend. Oh, Lord, we pray. Now, this Thursday, uh, Carol and my oldest daughter are going to uh, Lake Havasu for a memorial service for my aunt that died here uh, a month ago. Travel mercies for them. Okay. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we, we praise you. We thank you that we can come together and worship you in freedom because of those that have gone on before us. Lord, cause us to remember how truly blessed we are and to guard those blessings and to share them with others. Lord, we, we lift up all of those who have recently lost loved ones. We ask that you would comfort them, surround them with your love and goodness, that they not be overcome with grief. Lord, we lift up those who need healing of whatever kind it might be. We lift up those that are in areas of violence in the world. We pray for peace and harmony. We lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. Lord, we, we ask that you would open our understanding as your word is proclaimed this morning. Teach us to number the days. Teach us to be vigilant and be awake. Teach us to remember the words of your Son who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. a beautiful spring day, very much like we've been having lately, and, and, and pretty much this time of year, late spring, 
the year was 1978, okay? Some of you remember 1978. We were, we, my shipmates and I, uh, on board the USS Sacramento, number one on the hull, number one in my heart, right? We're doing operations in the South China Sea. We were down there sort of uh, between Malaysia and Indonesia, real, real close to the equator, just, just barely in the northern hemisphere. And like I say, it was one of those absolutely gorgeous days. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. You could go, you could go look down into the ocean, and you could see... 10 or 12 feet under the water. And I mean, it was just, just absolutely gorgeous. And we were all doing our daily routines, doing our thing. And then across the 1MC comes man overboard, man overboard, right? Now, when you're in the Navy and you hear man overboard, if you're on a ship for sure, you drop whatever you're doing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There are no higher priorities, right? Everybody has a man overboard station, and everybody knows what it is, and everybody immediately goes to it. Like I say, you don't think twice. You just, you just do it because you are trained that way, and you're programmed for it. You're programmed to be alert to stay awake when certain things happen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. And this particular passage, this particular parable falls in with four parables that Jesus tells his disciples about his return, about his return. And I would invite all of you to read Matthew 24 and 25 sometime later today or, or maybe tomorrow. But this morning we're just going to concentrate on one of these four parables, but all of them are about Jesus' return. Consider the word of the Lord then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, 
there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who desires that none should perish, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, a couple of observations first. One is, if you look at Jesus' math, I'll call it, he says, only 50% of the people, and that's probably being optimistic, are going to be ready, right, when he returns. You know, I know there are a lot of those 80-20 rules, and often, often I've been in experiences where 20% of the people do 80% of the work or other such 80-20 rules. But Jesus throws out the proportion there of 50%. Of these are ready. Hmm. Interesting. But I also want to point out something that are, are, are actually several things that all ten of the bridesmaids had in common. Now, Jesus uses this analogy of, of the bridegroom coming. The custom back then in Jesus' time was when there was a wedding, the bride would wait at a particular house, and her bridesmaids, her attendants, would wait there with her and, and be prepared to light the way for the groom when he showed up. It was nearly always after dark, so they had their lamps. They had their lamps there. Their primary job was to greet the bridegroom, to prepare the way of the bridegroom. That was their job, okay? And their function in the wedding. The first thing I want to say about the ten bridegrooms, I mean the ten bridesmaids, is they were all invited. All ten of them were invited to be there when the groom arrived, right? Or to greet the groom. Remember, Jesus taught in parables and taught almost always in parables. And, and again, this is a parable about Jesus returning at the end of time. And everybody is invited to take part in that heavenly banquet, that wedding banquet, if you will, to go along with the analogy here. 
as John the Baptist started out in the book of Matthew. Remember, we're getting, we're getting close to the end of Matthew here. By the, by the way, these four parables come right before, two days before, it tells us, before the Passover, which is when Jesus was crucified. So this is something that is important that he is trying to get across to his disciples. And again, he didn't just tell them one. He told them four, four parables here back-to-back back about the end times. Everybody's invited. John the Baptist, go back to the first part, or, or close to the first part of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist says what? Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, right? And then later on, in Matthew, closer to this, closer to this, in Matthew 22, verse 14, there's that verse that I'm sure a lot of you know where Jesus says, many are called, but few are chosen, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. And in fact, I would say we're all called. As John tells us in the verse that, that is universal, God loved the world. He loved all of us. He loved all of us. So he sent Jesus. So the first thing that the ten bridesmaids have in common is they're all invited. They're all invited to the banquet. They're all invited to meet the groom. The next thing that they all have in common is they all believed that the groom was coming back or was going to show up, right? If they didn't believe he was going to be there, they wouldn't have been there in the first place, right? Today's Ascension Sunday, and in the Apostles' Creed, uh, we say what? He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from whence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, right? So we're like the ten bridegrooms. We all say we believe Jesus is coming back, right? Or as Martha told Jesus there in John chapter 11 before he raised Lazarus from the dead, right? She said, yeah, Lord, he'll be resurrected and he will be in the resurrection at the last day. Martha believed too, like we believe, right? Jesus is going to return. This is one of those things throughout Christianity, since Jesus' death and resurrection that has gone around and around in the church, and, and some people forget about it. And you know, some people, right after Jesus' resurrection, thought that Jesus was going to come back pretty quick. Hence, that's the inspiration for the verse there that uh, Paul wrote in Thessalonians that says, if somebody doesn't work, they don't get to eat, right? Because there were, there were apparently a good group of Christians, I don't mean they were good, a good-sized number of Christians at that particular time who just said, well, you know, Jesus is coming back tomorrow, so I'm going to sit around and play the flute, right? And, and didn't, didn't do anything productive, of course, which is no offense to flute players. It's just saying, you know, the, the pattern is 
And God's pattern for all of us has always been that we be about God's business, that we be about God's business. We're not supposed to be idle. So they all believed he was coming back or said they did. The third thing I want us to notice about the bridesmaids is they all had oil, right? They all had oil in their lamps. Some brought extra. They brought their flasks. I wonder what the others had in their flasks. But they, it says they all brought flask of oil, or, or the, the five did. The five wise ones brought flask of oil so that if they ran out, they could refill their lamps. They could refill their lamps. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Apparently, whatever oil is in the parable, it's not hard to get. Anybody can get it, right? Anybody can get the oil. All ten of them had it. All ten of them had it. Anybody can get it. You know, and, and, and we're also told that God gives each of us a measure of faith. One of my favorite sayings of Soren Kierkegaard is that we can do a lot for other people. We can do a lot for them, but we can't give them faith. Right? We can't give them faith. But God can, but God can, and it was available to all ten of the bridesmaids, not just the five so-called wives, and we'll talk about that here in a second. I think back to Jesus never wasted his words. It's amazing. It's, it's really amazing when you the parables and study everything that he said, how concise he really was in getting his message across. I think it's interesting, too, that the children of Israel, you go way back there, and you'll remember it, it you know, it all fits together. It all fits together. In Leviticus chapter 24, it's talking about the service of the temple and the things that are supposed to be done. And one of the things there is it says that the children of Israel are to take pure beaten olive oil, pure beaten olive oil, and put it in the lamps in the temple so that what? The light will shine continually, continually, okay? The lights are not, not supposed to go out. That's not a new thing with Jesus in Matthew chapter, in Matthew 5.14, right? That's not, that's not new there at all. It's something that's been a continual ordinance ever since the Israelites were running around out there in the desert. Anybody can get the oil but not everybody chooses to, right? And they could have gotten it easily before it was too late, before it was too late. And again, 
2 Corinthians 6, 2. If you don't know it, learn it, right? Learn it, live it, breathe it, right? Today is the day of salvation, right? Now is the appointed time. Because again, like Jesus ended up there, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the day or the hour for each and every one of us. So, let's get there. Let's get on down to the other thing they all had in common. Okay? The other thing they all had in common was their job, their task. Their primary job was to greet the bridegroom when he came. To greet the bridegroom when he came. But what happens? It says there were five of them that were wise. That's not the best translation. It's not a horrible translation, but it's not the best translation. The Greek word there really means to stay awake, be vigilant, pay attention, don't get distracted, stay focused, right? Stay focused. Don't get distracted. That day out in the South China Sea, when my shipmate ended up in the drink, everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do, right? It worked just like a well-orchestrated choral piece, right? And a helicopter was dispatched, and he was fished out of the drink very fast. I don't think he was in the water five minutes a very good response time and all that, and he was, he was fine. Same way, the five that were awake, right, were led into the banquet. Probably for a lot of people, and it has been for me at times, one of the more troubling things that Jesus says in uh, Matthew 7, 21, he says, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, I knew you not, right? I knew you not. He says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, then you do the will of my Father who is in heaven, right? He said, you know, in that day, many will say, didn't we cast out demons in your name and heal people in your name and do many miraculous works in your name. And he'll say, what? I knew you not. I was meditating on this, and I was thinking about it. You know, nothing said that the five foolish bridesmaids who ran out of oil had to go seeking more oil, right? Couldn't they have greeted the bridegroom in the light from the other lamps? Couldn't they have stayed there? Because, again, their job was to greet the bridegroom. Their job wasn't necessarily to hold a lamp. Holding a lamp was 
part of the tradition and all, but they got caught up in the tradition. And they got caught up in their plans and what they were doing. You see, to be prepared, to be prepared for Jesus' return means living like Jesus is going to return at any time. It's also witnessing to the truth of God's Word by living that way. And if you're prepared, you're living in such a way that you're doing God's will, that you're doing God's will. Now, again, the events of this last week, I think, have caused a lot of us to think about many, many things. But what I would like for us all to think about is what about the people who fall overboard, so to speak? There are people that fall overboard and they're drowning in a sea of depression or a sea of confusion or a sea of despair. And if we're awake, if we're alert, we might see that and we might be able to help bring them out of that, right? Bring them out of that so that they too can be prepared. But we only do that when we stay awake. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, pay attention to what's going on around you. Stay alert. And remember, none of us know when Jesus is going to return. And as you do that, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.